the Team Performance Podcast with Spencer Horn and Christian Napier. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Team Performance Winning Ways for Uncertain Times podcast. I'm Christian Napier, and as always, I am joined by my illustrious co-host, the incomparable brains of the operation, Spencer Horn. Spencer, how are you? Christian, thank you. I am great today. Feel great. I'm excited to be here with you and our guest. I'm super excited also. It's a very sunny, beautiful Friday here in Salt Lake City. The calm before the storm is it's supposed to get really, really chilly over the weekend and into early next week. Well, I'm, it's too bad I won't be here. I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow morning. My first flight since this whole lockdown in March, I'm flying to Dallas, so I'm going to miss the uh, cold front that's coming in. Wow, I'm curious how that all goes down. You know, the airports, I guess, are, operate very differently now, and wearing yeah. masks, and the seating assignments are all different on the plane, so I look forward yep. to hearing a report from well, Dallas. Jan and I, my wife, are going together, but we have, uh, we have a seat empty between us because they're they're keeping the middle seat open and you have to wear masks though. My son flew last week from Cincinnati home and he said that they gave them masks, but a lot of people took those off. But Hey, there's some great news I want to share with you, Kristen. Did you know in the sporting world, because I know you're, you're into big events and sports, the NBA is set to reopen July 31st. Did you hear that? I did. I'm super excited for the NBA to come back. It's coming back in Orlando, 22 teams. I'm curious to see how that all looks. Um, uh, sport, at least in the short term, is going to be a broadcast-driven event rather than a spectator-driven event, and I'm curious to see how that all works operationally. But I'm super excited to to have an opportunity to talk, at least talk about sports again. Yeah, you know, we, we talked about that, and I wonder how it's going to impact the game, not having fans in the audience. We talked about maybe piping that sound in so that the players can get all pumped up. Yeah, maybe the players will just cheer for each other and they'll have some <laughs> ambient crowd noise. Maybe they'll do some, like, 3D virtual graphic thing where they overlay spectators for the broadcast. Who knows? Could be interesting. That's a creative idea. That's great. Well, let's, let's get to, to our topic today, which I'm, I'm very excited about. And uh, let's I have, do it. yes, well, thank you. I have the, the privilege of introducing our guest today. Her name is Nicole Kalkowski. And we were just talking about it earlier. I think we've known each other, Nicole, for about nine years now. Yes, and, that's correct. And uh, she has just been a, a delight to know. I, I met her living in Las Vegas, neighbors, friends, attended church together. And the reason why, I don't know why I feel like I'm getting a little emotional. <laughs> um, the reason why I wanted to invite her on today as we uh, are dealing with so many challenges in our families, in our homes, in our nations, uh, with, the, with the challenges of the pandemic, with racial uh, discrimination with uh, the economic downturn is that I have a strong belief and I teach a lot that that hardship can be a blessing and we'll talk about that in a moment but somebody like Nicole that I know has been dealing with challenges in her life and in her family for many many years uh, she's a former sorry I know I don't think I've ever had this happen to me on this podcast She's a former special education teacher, and she's blossomed into a passionate autism and disability advocate. 
And that's really in large part and due, uh, really due to her, her son, Ryan, who is an incredible young man, but who threw their life and family a curveball when he was diagnosed with a rare incurable disease along with a severe form of autism. And some of their family's early diagnosis story was featured in a, in a six-part year-long Red Book magazine series. And I did not know that, but really their family is fueled by love. If you know them, they are such a loving and compassionate family. Um, and she has really done so much to reach out and help others with challenges, whether it's been testifying before legislators as a member of the Autism Coalition of Nevada, uh, running TACA, which is the Autism Community in Action organization, a local chapter of, of a nonprofit for autism, or advocating on local news stations, or sitting on committees and assisting in developing best practices. And she's always been motivated to desire, uh, and by the desire to improve the lives of all children. And, and so what I really wanted to hear from, from you, Nicole, today is how, do, how does what you have learned, how can, how can you share with our listeners today just how they can, how can you be so optimistic when all you, you know, all, every day you don't know what, what it's going to bring. I mean, we had to cancel one of these podcasts because Ryan actually had seizures and and that happens from time to time and your life can just be so unpredictable how do you cope and how do you every time i see you you have a smile on your face and everybody that meets you just hugs you and loves you and you're always so positive i know you're social and sometimes you, you know you, you get pulled away from that social you know sociability because you have these challenges how do you do it well first i want to thank you both for uh, talking to me today and Spencer, I couldn't possibly be more touched by your intro and just your heart. Um, thank you for all of the kind things that you said about me. Um, you know, it's interesting because um, most people believe the story of me learning how to overcome hardship begins with our beloved son, Ryan, when in actuality, um, the story begins when I'm a young girl. And as a young girl, I came from a very challenging childhood filled with all types of abuse and neglect. Um, I ran away at 15. I, I, there's so much to that story. Um, but I really believe it, it's the foundation of where I learned resilience. And it's how I move forward. And I just think I was given a gift early on to be able to dream for something better. Um, in my everyday life, today and um, with our son who has these significant challenges. He is um, a special needs child that needs help with every aspect of his day. He is medically fragile. Um, we have many challenges each day that we deal with, but I am a firm believer that you get to change the story when you focus on the things that you're grateful for. And I couldn't possibly be more grateful to be so lucky to love him and have him a part of our family. I'm so lucky for the, for the family that I do have and the love that we share. Things are hard and that is true. And there are times where you just have to really acknowledge that. But 
you also have a choice. Do you want to marinate in that or do you want to shift your perspective and choose to dream for something more and find the good in your situation? The Team Performance Podcast. You know, there's a, there's a lot of SH that happens in the world. And uh, some people interpret what that means, but it means something happens, right? And yeah. when, when something happens to us, we have the ability to choose how to respond. A lot of people believe that they don't. They're angry when something happens, when they see an injustice or they see a problem and they just say, you know what, I, I, I get to react to that because it's, it's not fair. This is not fair. And one of the things you just said is that you get to choose. And it, I love the fact that you say you, you can marinate in that anger or frustration or sadness or whatever it is, or you can focus on gratitude. What does that do and how does that change you? What's the, what, what's the impact of, of that choice? Or, or the lack of that choice or choosing to marinate in, in the opposite of that. I'm glad that you, um, you know, mentioned the lack of because a lot of learning comes from not doing it right the first time, right? So um, I've been there. I've been in those situations where everything hits you and you're indulging in these emotions. And let's be real, there's all types of different things, uh, like you just said, SH things that can happen in life circumstances. And I think that there is a time and place for grieving. There is a time and place for the gamut of emotions that you um, experience. And, and that's wonderfully part of the journey. Um, and you can sit with that, but really lean into it and look at what that's teaching you and look at all of the things that you're learning and the ways that you can grow and stretch yourself and stretch your heart and understand that it is in these hard things that you find your strength. You find out who you really are. You don't really figure that out in all of the fluffy, easy stuff in life. You just don't. Um, you're kind of coasting along. And I think when you're faced with that, you're faced with that mountain, you just have a choice. Are you going to climb it or are you just going to sit down and, and wallow in the, in the heart of it? Um, and yes, I've been there. I've been through times where the weight of all the things I'm facing can seem to flood in and take a hold. I'm someone who's dealt with um, anxiety attacks and having to work through that. The biggest key in that is paying attention to what my thoughts are, writing them down, and then and being very intentional about shifting the way I think about something. I get to choose how I write this story, and that's really it. So everyone has that choice in whatever circumstance they're in. I have a comment and based on everything that you've said, which I absolutely believe is true. Um, one thing that you said, Nicole, that, that I think it's important for all of us to realize is that we are all on this journey and we may be at different points along that path. And uh, some people that we may come in contact with uh, may be in that grieving stage or they may be in that stage of anger and um, we should be careful as, as people to not judge because of a harsh reaction that we may receive. Um, you know, we should try to be empathetic and understand what they're going through. Even for people who are in situations and dealing with uh, real challenges like you are, Nicole, you know, it's, 
it can be tempting for for someone who's kind of gone through it to look back and say, hey, you'll get through it. <laughs> It'll be okay. Um, and it's also okay to feel what you're feeling right now. So that's all right. You know, um, um, I think I just think it's an important point for us to all recognize and understand that people are on different paths and different stages of the journey. And, and um, let's not try to be too judgmental of where someone is on that path and in a particular point in time, because it's all part of that natural progression that we go through. Absolutely. And I think one of the things I learned in being a part of TACA is they taught us, um, because we were on the front lines of helping families, like right away when they received diagnosis. And this is, these are families from all walks of life. So we're developing relationships with people. And that was a really special and unique part of something that I would have never been a part of unless it were for my son. So in this, they teach us to meet people where they're at. And I think that it's important to understand when you come in contact with someone and they're, maybe they're frustrated or they're going through something difficult. Um, rather than place judgments on other people, you just have to kind of look in and see how you can challenge yourself to take that experience and maybe grow some grace for yourself and for others and to just have a different attitude about the way that you're interacting with others. If you see people with eyes that are looking to love others, it makes it a lot more uh, just easier for, for everyone involved. Um, that's not always an easy thing to do, but I think that um, one of the things about going through hard things that I feel most people can relate to is that it does grow compassion um, for others. And I think that you have this ability to empathize and, um, and it's okay to have your hard days. It's okay to grieve and go through all of that, all of that. And I think that we have to be mindful that people are going through all different types of struggle. And the only way that we can make it better is to shine some light and love on them. The Team Performance Podcast. You said that when you have those negative thoughts that come in, you write those down. And then you start to shift that. How do you shift? How, what's your process for shifting your thoughts from focusing on anxiety-inducing thoughts to more letting go or whatever, whatever your process is? How, how do you do that? Okay, let's take quarantine, for example, because I feel like that's something that everyone right now can relate to, even though things are easing up and people are, are kind of shifting gears with all of that. But it's something that everybody has just been able to experience. So you have the situation, you can begin by thinking of, oh, this is so hard and all these negative thoughts can come flowing in or you, and when you have those thoughts, and um, I think the trick is really understanding when you're having a feeling to identify that there are thoughts attached to those feelings. So think about that. So think about what those thoughts are, get them out, and then shift your perspective. So one example would be, I get to be home with my family. I'm so blessed to have a safe home to be quarantined in. My family is safe right now. We do have food. There's different ways you can think about the situation, the opportunities that you're having to connect with family members and spending time with them in a way you probably didn't before. So you either can you know, rack up the list of all of the things you're disappointed in, 
or you can start creating a list of all of the things that you're grateful for. And I have found that just as soon as I do that, there is a shift. There is some hope takes root in you. And I feel like you just have a different outlook on the day. And I think if you begin each day that way, it makes all the difference. And like I said before, I'm human and I'm imperfect. And that means I have days that I'm not doing that. And so this is how I know it works. Because when I'm not doing that, it does not feel good. And it can kind of turn into a spiral. And I feel like just trying to remember those things that do work, making a list of the things that you know for yourself help uplift your spirit. What are those things? Does going for a walk help you? Just taking a hot bath, um, reading a good book, whatever it is that you find brings you joy, figure out a way to carve that into your day. And I'm saying that with um, needing to mention that that is extremely challenging for me because I have a life that even just to have this call means that I have to do quite a lot to juggle around to make it happen. Um, this may mean waking up early just because I want that quiet time and I want that time for myself because I know that this is going to start my day off in a different direction. So being mindful, creating lists of things that bring you joy, I think that all of those things are helpful. What is a regular, what's, what's a typical day like for you? Describe that. So I would say a typical day for me is unpredictable. <laughs> That's the most honest way I can say that is no, uh, days don't really look the same around here. Um, just not too long ago, I had major surgery. So I had to have some loving friends that I've met through church come in and serve our family and help with Brian because he requires so much care and I wasn't able to do that. And they quickly learned, okay, each day does not look the same. but um, my day is filled with, you know, so especially since quarantine, I have four kids here um, and they're still in school, like they're taking summer classes. So even though they're grown, it's not necessarily that um, all hands on deck with Ryan because I have my responsibilities with him and um, they sure they pitch in, but uh, you know, I'm the mom here. So I have a little uh, seven-year-old, soon to be eight-year-old. Ava, and um, she has all of the needs that, you know, all children do. And then there's Ryan, who he needs care for everything. That looks like all bathroom needs, bathing him, and um, he does chest best therapy for rest, his respiratory system. Um, that's involved. He doesn't like it. A lot of things that we need to do for him, like brushing his teeth, there's resistance with that. Um, he has good days where he's sweet and he's cooperative, and then he has days where he's in tremendous amount of pain. He lives with a lot of pain, um, nerve pain, migraines, all sorts of things. Um, and then we have days where we set out to plan something fun for the family and possibly seizures strike or his blood pressure bottoms out or we need a trip to the emergency room. Um, there's a long list of different scenarios and um, sometimes we're surprised by something new that's happening with him because as his um, disease over time grows uh, with him, um, he's acquiring new conditions. So sometimes we are just kind of thrown another curveball and learning, okay, what do these symptoms mean? It's a lot of detective work and figuring it out. He is nonverbal, which brings 
lots of unique challenges with that. Um, just try spending time with someone who's nonverbal and you find out real quickly <laughs> that it, it takes quite a bit in navigating um, caring for someone who is not able to express what their wants and needs are. The Team Performance Podcast. Nicole, I've got a question for you. Um, what recommendations or advice would you give to people who are interacting with families that are dealing with uh, chronic illness? Um, and, and I ask this question under the auspices of, of my own personal experience. So, so my wife has a chronic illness and um, and we do have loving family members, friends, but but um, there are times where people with very good intentions can say things that are quite irritating. Uh, one would be they've heard of some new miracle cure to cure some disease, and they they push you on it. And after a while, you just like I don't want to hear that. Uh, and another is you know what, how are you? I really want to come and visit you sometime. And then people never come and visit. <laughs> and, and, and these sound like simple things, but they become, they become hard over time as it, as it repeats over time. And, and so my, my advice to people would be, don't be pushing miracle cures on people uh, or families that have, are dealing with people with chronic uh, illnesses. And if you're going to say something like, yeah, I'll come, you know, I'll bring you dinner, or I'll come have lunch, or let's, let, let's come over, I'll come I'll over and talk to you, then actually follow through. Uh, otherwise, it just rings really hollow. So <laughs> that kind of comes under an air of negativity, and I don't mean it to come across that way. But um, I'm just wondering in your experience, you know, what advice would you give to, to those team members uh, or friends who, who um, they want to be helpful and, and they, and they do mean well, but you know, what, what, what are some of the things that you would, would, would recommend that they do to, to really be helpful both in word and deed? Christian, it sounds like you and I would have a lot of wonderful conversations together and I very much appreciate um, you bringing that up. And I feel that it's not negative. It's just the truth. And it's a reality that families face and, I just, I think the best thing that I could say to people, my advice, if you will, would be, it's not your job to fix anything. It's just your job to be a friend and, and love the person in the family. That's really it. You don't have to go in and feel like you have to offer these solutions or all of that to make the situation go away. I think that these types of things, what I have found, and, you know, with my son's um, disease, it impacts so many different um, parts, it's, uh, so, sorry, got tongue twisted there for a minute. It impacts so many different parts of his body. So all of his different immune system and endocrine system. Um, uh, and so on and on with all of these different conditions, I've met families in all of these different areas. And I think that collectively, it's safe to say everyone feels that way, that it's not helpful when, when others come in with ideas and solutions that they think are going to fix your problem. People need to understand, I know it's uncomfortable for them, but sometimes these things are going to be a part of the family's journey and we just really need your love. So I guess the best thing I would say is just 
stop thinking that you need to fix it and just um, be a friend and be loving. And it's also really nice if you kind of talk about other things and enjoy the person as you would anyone else and stop thinking so much about putting them in this box. But they, they are a person before their disability. They are a person before their illness. And I think laughter helps people go a long way with enjoying one another. And I think that it is important if you have told someone who you know is going through a hard time to not to show up if you've told them that you will. And maybe hold back on making promises that you don't intend to keep. Um, I think that it, it can add to a lot of pain to people who are already in those circumstances. I think I've come to learn in our journey to just not have expectations of others, which sounds not that nice, but really in actuality, I have to just learn that people are going to say the wrong thing. They are not living my circumstance and there's so much about it that they don't understand. So they're going to misstep. They're going to say the wrong thing or they might not understand how I feel in different circumstances. So I'm put in a position where I have to just extend grace to them. And I have to understand that if I'm going to have a relationship with this person, it's probably going to look that way. And I'm in a place where I'm okay with that. I look for what it is I get out of that relationship that's a blessing to my life. And I hold on to that. And I understand that they can only give what, what they know how to give. And um, I hope that's helpful. The Team Performance Podcast. Well, I don't know uh, when Spencer's going to come back, but for me, that was super, super helpful. Thank you, Nicole, for, for sharing that. Okay. Oh, there he is. He's back. Oh, oh shoot. You, you froze uh, up there, Spencer. You wanted to start your thought again? Oh, geez. I'm over here bawling and crying. I, I was saying it's not just grace. You have charity for others because on the rare occasions that you take Ryan out in public, whether you take him to church or whatever, people want to interact in that moment. And it's even happened to me where I would come up and say hi, and Ryan did not react well. And he might get upset or something like this. And you are more worried about all the other people and how they're feeling. You are like, it's okay. This happens regularly. And you're worried about not only Ryan, but everybody and how they're interacting and you make everybody, you've got all this weight on your shoulders and it's just so impressive. It's truly charity that, that you have. Uh, because you're you're carrying a big load and it's hard. Uh, people want to help, but they don't always know how to help. And and um, I just I think it's amazing. Well, I thank you for that. But I just want to say, I think that of course I began in in the beginning with being sad and having disappointment in others. But then I had to really realize that I'm on this special journey with this beautiful son of mine, and I have to understand people are going to make mistakes and they're going to not understand. And that's okay. And I would rather someone care and want to be a part of his life or ours and get to know us and, and misstep versus to avoid us. I feel like those opportunities where we can interact with people, I'm always trying to share what I can so that people can understand about people with disabilities, people with autism and understand the why behind it. Um, 
And yeah, sometimes upon greeting, he may act a certain way um, and get upset. And that just creates an opportunity for me to share a little bit about autism and why that may be and help people to understand that, um, you know, what's unique about a person with autism is that you really do learn a lot about unconditional love and to not take things so personally. I have a son that when I go to hug him, when I choose to hug him, most of the time, he's going to push me away um, or do this kind of like little, um, okay, I'm sort of allowing you to hug me, but it's awkward and uncomfortable for me. Um, so when he finally chooses and he hugs me, a real genuine hug, it, it's like a million gifts all rolled into one. And it's amazing. And I know that all of the times that when I'm hugging him, and I just do it anyway, um, even when he's kind of shutting me off, um, I understand that that's not about me. I don't have to take that personal and let that wound me. I know that has to do with his autism and how he's feeling, and it's okay. Um, I can love him and not require something of him for me to be okay with that. This is such an important principle that is uh, really applicable in all parts of our life, not only in our personal life and our business life. So often as leaders in, in businesses or working with teams, when people don't behave in the way that we think, it, we make it about us. How is this impacting us? Uh, I, you know, I just was working with a team whose leader was, was negatively impacted because he thought his team was talking behind his back. And we make it about ourselves. People are not doing things to us. They are doing things typically for themselves. And if we can remember that, we can have more grace and let go. And it allows us to be better leaders, better neighbors, better parents. It is hard to do, but stop the focus on ourselves and focus on how we're impacting others. And and that's what leadership is all about, whether it's in your home with a special needs child or in your community or at work. I couldn't agree more. And I think that all of those opportunities in life where we interface with something that's difficult, whether that be an encounter with another person and we're feeling just frustrated, maybe they are going through something and it's making us feel a certain type of way, the, the way that they're reacting to us or responding to us. I think that it's important to understand, hey, wait, right now I'm in a moment. I get to choose to lean into this and to grow from it. The only way it really matters in terms of how you're going to feel about it is if you can take that and grow from it. So if it's a circumstance where you're um, interacting with someone at work and it seemed like they weren't as friendly to you as they ordinarily were, rather than get some story going in your head that maybe they feel differently about you or you're kind of creating all this different narrative, I think just stop doing that. <laughs> just realize that people are going through their own things. And if you just kind of walk forward in joy and, and keep on what your path is and do the things that you should be doing and have a happy heart, I promise you all of the things will just not be there. The problems that you think uh, that you would spend all this time wasting, um, wondering about what they're thinking or how they think of you, is really just the team performance podcast. You know, I don't know if you have heard of the uh, Austrian psychiatrist by the name of Viktor Frankl. He wrote a book called Men's, uh, Men's Search for Meaning. And he was, his whole family was taken into the concentration camps during World War II. 
uh, because they were Jewish and they were, his whole family was murdered except for him. And through this hardship and this experience, he realized that no matter what his Nazi captors did to him, they could never change how he thought. No matter what they did, he had control over his thoughts and he would envision himself in some future date giving an exposition at a symposium talking about what he learned from this hardship. And he said that when something happens, there is a space between the something happens and our reaction. And it is in that space that our, where we have choice. And that's where our freedom lies to choose a different response, to not react, but to respond in a way, as you have demonstrated here, think about what you're grateful for. Realize that people aren't doing things to you. They're doing things for themselves. And it completely changes your perspective and thereby your ability to think about different ways of reacting. It gives you power to actually influence your world and your environment. If instead you are a victim about everything that's happening to you, that your power is completely gone through to, to respond. And so you have demonstrated through your hardship that it works, you can do that, it's real. It's not just a, a guy that's dead writing a book. It's happening every day and, and people around us need to hear this message. I love that and I actually got quite emotional listening to you share that. It, sparked a memory in me and I just I remember being a little girl an abused little girl sitting in a dark closet scared and afraid and dreaming dreaming of a tomorrow where I could feel safe and where things would look different and fast forward to being an adult and other challenges facing me and going to my quiet place and being in all of that that's hard because today we've talked about things and a lot of positivity and that's wonderful and that's so much of what I'm advocating for but the truth is there are things in life that will turn your world upside down there just are and it will put you on your knees and for me I just found that I had to feel like I took the power back. And I do that by choosing. By saying, this will not be how my story goes. I'm going to climb out of this. And I'm going to choose to think about this the, the way I want to. There were things stolen from me. And I could sit with that. And I could find fault in everything, and I could be a person that holds on to that pain, or I could choose to say, I am stronger than this circumstance that's happening to me right now. I get to choose how I move forward. I might not always get to choose what happens to me. Really, none of us do. But I can choose what happens next. And that right there gives me the strength to move forward. And sometimes I could be crying on the floor of a hospital room next to my son in the bed afraid. And it doesn't mean I get to choose that he's better tomorrow. 
but I get to focus on the fact that he's a gift and I get to love him. And I get to think about all of the amazing ways that him being in my life has taught me how to be a better person, how to have compassion for others, how to see people as different but not less than. That's been huge for me, and it's been huge for my children, and to watch the, who they've become. I don't know that any of us would be the people we are today without his example, and I'm so truly grateful for him and the example that he is to all of us. So I, I thank you for saying that. I'm sorry it got a little emotional there, but you've really touched my heart. The Team Performance Podcast. The things that we go through in life are directly opportunities that we can use to help others. I think they are the opportunities in life that can shape our story so that we can use them as fuel to be there and support another. Because if you're going through something, you can use that very thing that you're going through and be there for someone else in a very unique and specific way. It's as if you were designed perfectly to be the person to help that one person who's going through something and then watch the ripple effect of that take hold and see where your life goes. And I've had moments in my life where I'm face to face with someone helping them realizing that I never would have been in that position, having that opportunity, had I not gone through the hard things that I have been through. And it truly has been a gift. And in those moments, you just feel super lucky that you've done the hard work and you've gone through the things that you've gone through and that you were chosen so that you could help another. Well, this has been an incredibly powerful conversation. And I just want to say that uh, I appreciate you, Nicole and Spencer, for both uh, sharing your experiences. And Nicole, I believe that we have these experiences not only to help us ourselves become better people, but these experiences become even more meaningful when we can share them and help other people. And so I appreciate you coming on today to share those experiences because I feel like today uh, I learned some things that will help me become a better person because I had this conversation with you. So thank you, Nicole, very much for, for coming on and, and sharing those experiences. Uh, now, Nicole, if, if people want to learn more about the experiences that you've gone through in your life, if they want to connect with you on social media or other ways, um, what's the best way for them to do that? So I have um, Facebook and I have Instagram and I'm super happy to give you my contact information. Um, I still have people who call me directly or email me directly that need um, help with um, Maybe something's happened with their child and they're going through the early diagnosis period and they need someone to walk them through that, whether that's navigating resources that they need or just to understand from another mother how to um, kind of get started on, on that journey. Um, and so those are some different opportunities um, that they can further connect with me. And Spencer, you've given us also a lot of great insight. I love the story about Viktor Frankl that you shared and we do have this space in between. And granted that space has become a little crowded these days with the perfect storm of a pandemic economic um, collapse and um, social strife. But um, if they want to learn more about uh, 
you and the things that you do, the, the, the knowledge and experience that you have and how they might be able to potentially benefit from the things that, that you've learned and can share. What's the best way for them to connect with you, Spencer? Thank you. Thank you so much, Nicole. Um, you touched me very much today. I didn't expect it to go this way, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad uh, you came. But people can reach me at altiumleadership.com, A-L-T-I-U-M leadership.com or email me at spencer at altiumleadership.com. And as for me, uh, you can connect with me through my website, gp4.com, gpfour.com, or you can just reach me by email at cnapier at gp4.com or LinkedIn or Facebook. Listeners, thank you so much for taking the time today. And uh, we hope that you will like and subscribe to our podcast. Nicole, uh, again, thank you so much for sharing your, your experiences with us. It, uh, it truly meant a lot. Thank you so much. I appreciate you both so much. And I've enjoyed listening to your podcast. And I feel very honored that you have me on today. 